0: Hey everyone, Marcia here with the Center for Leadership in Athletics at the University of Washington's College of Education. At the center, we believe that athletics can serve as a unifier and as a platform for examining issues of social justice. And we acknowledge that the athletics landscape is also fraught with inequity and a history of racism. At the center, we are committed to examining and disrupting educational structures that perpetuate racism. We know this begins with deeply listening to and engaging with historically oppressed voices. This week, we're beginning a series of conversations with voices of color within the education and athletics landscape. We hope these conversations will bring us together as we work to create sport settings that are just and equitable. We know that education and sport has a role in healing and in giving us hope. Thanks for being with us. Hey, everybody, I'm Marcia Daniel with the University of Washington Center for Leadership in Athletics. And today we have Damon Perry joining us. Damon is Assistant Director of Athletics for University Prep in Seattle, which is a middle and upper school serving grades six through 12. In addition to his role as Assistant AD, Damon also coaches middle and high school boys basketball. And prior to working at University Prep, Damon was an Assistant Men's Basketball Coach at Whittier College. He was also a men's basketball graduate graduate assistant at the University of Washington, where he completed his master of education in intercollegiate athletic leadership. And Daman also holds a bachelor's in kinesiology and business administration from Whittier College. Daman, thank you for joining us today. <laughs>
1: Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this conversation.
0: Yeah, we're excited that you're here. Um, and we know you just started school. You're in week three and you're in this holding pattern that many folks are in trying to figure out what uh, what things are going to look like for the student athlete. So I'm curious, like as assistant AD and as a coach, you really have a window into what kids are feeling and the challenges they're experiencing today. So what are you seeing as the students return for the fall and face this reality of online learning at a time when they really are needing connection with their peers?
1: Yeah. So, um, like you said, we've been in school for about, about three weeks now here at university prep. And from the beginning, I have noticed that the students are, um, very tired of online learning and being on zoom. Um, I think back to last March when we first transitioned to online learning and, Initially, we all thought this would be only be something that we would be doing for a few weeks. And at the beginning, I know the students were happy to be able to do school work at home. But now there's, there's definitely a uh, residual fatigue from the students. Um, and it, which which makes it more challenging, you know, for teachers and educators to fully engage the students at times because um, they're really missing the social connection with their classmates, teachers and uh, their coaches.
0: Well, one of your roles as assistant AD is as innovator. You know, you're having to come up with ideas on how to keep engaging them. So, and, and you know they need to be connected, that they need connection with their coaches, with their fellow students. So, as you and your colleagues brainstorm, what are a few of the ideas that you're going to try to implement or experiment with this fall in terms of engaging and, and keeping the, the students connected?
1: Yeah, so uh, at the high school level, the WIA has allowed optional out of season coaching starting September 28th through November 30th. And um, at this time, um, coaches in any sport that we offer um, can also offer virtual or in person sports specific coaching and training um, practices for each sport can take up to uh, take place up to twice a week in person and once a week online. Um, as of today, um, King County is still in phase two, so trainings will be uh, in pods of up to five students and one coach. Um, and the coaches ideally would host a few sessions per day in order to accommodate all the students that are interested. Um, so I'm working on that currently with our director of athletics, uh, Rebecca Moe, And then um, at the middle school level, we're we're not a part of the WIA, but we're. Looking into providing a similar program for our students once we transition into the hybrid model and are in phase three. We plan to offer both sports specific and fitness pods for the students that are on campus for that specific day, so. The sport activity would change each week so, for example, one week we'll do soccer the next week we may do cross country and then a week after that basketball so. Um, just trying to finding ways of being creative um, in a hybrid model then. Also, if we um, in case that we remain online for an extended period of time um, i'm working with our middle school coaches to see if I can come up with an online program for our students that are interested, but. Um, at the same time, recognizing that the students are already on zoom all day and that not all of our students have access to the same type of facilities and equipment, so this plan isn't a work in progress, but. Ultimately, the goal is to provide some form of sports programming for all of our students this school year.
0: And so you're, you're kind of leveraging, I mean, you're, you're, you're turning this into an advantage in the sense that these middle school kids are going to have a chance to sample some other sports. So that's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, um, it's definitely a great experience for them, hopefully, you know, to be able to try new things and be involved in different sports that they may not have chosen have we done our traditional um, our traditional seasons.
0: Okay. Well, so, okay. Switching gears a little bit into some some heavy content. You you shared recently about how the recent killings of unarmed black men, and in particular, Ahmaud Arbery, has had a significant influence on your personal experience as an athlete, specifically as a runner. Can you share a little bit about that with us?
1: Yeah. So, um, seeing all the videos and reading about um, the recent recent killings of unarmed black people has definitely taken its toll on me personally, as I'm sure it has for so many other people. It's definitely made me more aware of my surroundings and kind of when and where I choose to do certain things. As someone who, you know, enjoys going on uh, going on jobs through different areas and neighborhoods when the weather's nice, especially, um, I've become I've become more much more mindful of where I choose to work out just so there's no chance of Mistaking kind of uh, mistaking what it is that I'm doing, um, and a perfect example of this would be um, this past weekend. Um, I'm doing an outdoor act, uh, workout with my fiance on the UW campus. We're kind of doing like hill sprints up a up a hill in the middle of the UW campus, and at the end of the workout, she was on the ground trying to catch her breath, and I'm like kind of standing to the side of her, like trying to catch my breath as well. Um, and after a couple of seconds, um, I say, "Hey, let's." Let's get you up and standing because even though we know we just finished a workout, you being on the ground and me kind of standing to the side of you in the middle of UW's campus could possibly look like something different than what it is. So it's something sad to have to think about. Think about those things like when you're going about your you know da- daily activities, but unfortunately, it's the reality that you know we're we're in right now. Well,
0: in our conversations, you've talked about the importance of representation and modeling and as a leader of a large youth population and as a black leader, what's the most significant challenge you're facing today with regard to representation and modeling for young people?
1: For me growing up, you know, I lived in um, different diverse, like diverse neighborhoods pretty much throughout my, you know, youth and, but they consisted largely of people of color. Um, And also I had a pretty diverse group of friends in school um, by playing different sports and being involved in different activities, but the people that I hung around with the most were people of color so um, to go from that to now being in a working environment where I'm one of few black people on campus is definitely different, you know, we all have different experiences and while I acknowledge that it can be a challenge. um, I also consider it to be a great opportunity for to learn from others and allow others to learn from me, and as a person of color, I acknowledge that there's a small percentage of people that look like me in this role. Most meetings, most meetings that I'm in, um, I'm either the only or one of few Black people or people of color there. And something that was said in one of your previous uh, podcasts by Talia Walden that I I related to a lot was um, it's rare for people of color to have people leading us who look like us and growing up I didn't see many athletic directors that were either black or a person of color so I feel the responsibility to be a role model and a mentor um, and hopefully I'm able to have an impact on the lives of the students who I encounter and who I serve um, and also try to help pave the way for you know the next generation of leaders both in society and in athletics.
0: Well, Damon, I wanted to ask you about the ways that you're connecting with individual student athletes right now. You mentioned how important it is to reach out to students of color. Um, What do you feel is the most important thing for students of color that you serve to hear or feel right now when you connect with them individually?
1: Yeah, so um, right now, since while we're in our online learning, it's it's tough to really, con- like really connect with all the students like I normally would if this was a normal school year. But currently I'm, in, I'm an eighth grade advisor and I have um, a group of students who I work and connect with on a daily basis to make sure that you know all is going well for them both in and out of the classroom. We have one-on-one meetings uh, from time to time so that the students can talk to us about how they're feeling, how school's going, and anything that they need help with. This past week, we had uh, what we call a University Prep uh, Puma Development, where we have a topic of discussion that we have students talk about and discuss amongst themselves. Um, we're kind of just the moderators of the different discussions. And the topic uh, was about the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's been going on around that. And I felt that it was important to get um, our you know middle school students who were Black or are a person of color together in order for them to have their own space to kind of talk about what's going on and how they're truly feeling. Because it can be really hard at times, especially at that age, to speak up for yourself when you're, you know, one of few or the only in a group because you don't want to feel different from your peers. And I felt that creating a space would allow the students to to make them feel more comfortable. Um, and I thought it went really well. And at the end of at the end of the session, I made sure to let the students know that I'm here for them, and if they ever need someone to talk to or need advice, then I'm here. So at this point, that's between having these discussions and um, being an A-grade advisor, that's probably the most connection that I I have with our students at this time.
0: Well, a topic that naturally weaves into every one of our CLA coach development trainings um, and also into these podcast conversations is language. And as you know, as leaders, we have to be incredibly in tune with the language we use, knowing that the words we choose have a profound influence on our community and the individuals we're leading. So specifically, even as you're talking about um, facilitating these conversations with these middle schoolers and high schoolers, are there specific words or phrases that you feel can either hurt or help as we work towards social justice?
1: I think empathy will be the word that helps. I think and I think it starts with coaches and leaders being willing to have these difficult conversations, realizing that student athletes have different life experiences and cultural backgrounds. Um, so I think it's really important to keep that in mind. when We are coaching, um, leading and in our daily interactions and creating safe spaces, while also making sure that everyone in the group knows that they are they are seen and heard so uh, if I had to pick a specific word, empathy would be the word that I chose.
0: Yeah, that word has come up a couple times. Um, and do you feel like the the young students are responding pretty well to that message of of ensuring that empathy is part of those conversations?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um you know all the the feedback that I've received is you know positive. The students um They really appreciate, you know, having these conversations and knowing that they have somebody that they can go to to talk about, you know, anything that they have going on. So, um, especially at a time like right now when they're not having, you know, those social those daily social interactions that they normally would. So um, it's definitely it's helpful and it's definitely important, especially at this time.
0: Well, we're all buckling up uh, as we begin the new school year, knowing that it's going to be a tough one. And we, the the kids and us as leaders, we're all experiencing varying degrees of cumulative fatigue. And many of our listeners are teachers and coaches and parents who are servant leaders and give a lot of their energy to the people they're serving. That energy has to be restored somehow. Mm -hmm. So, Damon, I'm curious, um, what's something that you personally are doing to restore your own energy? I mean, what, what takes you out of the everyday and into a place of hope and peace?
1: Well, um, each morning, um, before I even get my day started, I, I have a, like a daily routine that I'll go through, um, which consists of meditating for anywhere from five to ten minutes, depending on the day. Um, I have a gratitude journal where I'll write three things that I'm grateful for or thankful for. And then I also have a uh, list of affirmations that I read um, to kind of get me in the right mind frame um, to start the day. Um, And this has been, you know, something that I've done for about three years now, and I've definitely noticed a positive impact that it's had. So I also try not to look at my phone notifications or emails before until I've done these things. But I haven't been doing a really good job of that lately, but I'm trying to get better at it, but uh, I'm still working on that. Um, Also, I just finished uh, reading a book called uh, Stillness is a Key by Ryan Holiday. Um, And this book was uh, recommended by um, the UW AD Jennifer Cohen um, while she was a guest uh, on a WIA Zoom meeting over the summer. So that was definitely a good book to read, especially at this time. So um, I try to read a book a month if possible. Um, working out, whether going on a run or doing a circuit, that's definitely something that I've, you know, that helps clear my mind. Um, spending time with my fiance, of course, or watching sports or binge watching a good show. Um, I know that's more than one, but those are all kind of t- things that I tend to go to when I uh, try to, in order to restore my energy.
0: I love that you gave us a good list. I mean, we we need that so badly right now. And you know, I hear what you're saying about setting the boundaries with technology. It's hard to do, and it, it's just so important that we all have that peaceful time. And I'm curious, when you with your gratitude journal and words of affirmation, do you share that with anyone um, close to you, or do you keep that to yourself?
1: Um, I usually keep it to myself. I think the affirmations, uh, I'd be willing to share them, but um, my fiance kind of just doesn't. She doesn't, uh, she doesn't ask because she has her, her own journal that she writes things with and stuff. But mostly I kind of keep it all to myself. Um, it's, something, it's something that I, uh, in terms of affirmations, definitely something that I, uh, I try to change them up every two, three months or so.
0: Well, what's one thing that you want other leaders in education to think about as we begin this year with students and knowing that we're all in this state of cumulative fatigue?
1: I think the biggest thing and something that I, you know, try to remind myself of every day is we're all in the same boat right now. Um, We're all trying to figure out either schooling, you know, parenting, um, athletics, whether you're in online learning hybrid model or in person learning like it's all different this school year. And we're all doing the best we can with the information and the resources that we have. Is it always going to be perfect? No, but we have to come to, we have to try to come to terms with that, the fact that this school year will not be like others in the past and do our best to take things one day at a time.
0: As going back to the question about, you know, how, the, how you're an innovator, how important do you think it is to be comfortable with iterations kind of experimentation to see how things work as we're in these, uh, this new landscape?
1: I think this year is, if you're gonna try new things, I think this year is the year to do it because, um, you know, obviously everything looks different, so, you know, and, you know, in an athletic perspective, trying new sports in different seasons or, you know, trying online learning on online virtual programming or. Yeah, I think this is this is this is probably the best time to do it because nothing really looks normal this year. So if you can try things and maybe something works that, you know, next school year, or the year after when things kind of get some get back to some type of normalcy, you may be able to implement those things. In your program or you know in your lesson plans or things like that so this is definitely a good year to try new things and kind of see what works and see what doesn't
0: yeah i i mean i like hearing you talk about that and there's some space there's some space to try things that we wouldn't have tried before so i'm going to give you a call back in a year and see which ones um that y'all stuck with and that you want to keep keep doing with the student athletes
1: yeah, I'm sure I will have a long list of things that you know may not have worked, but you know, I'm, hopefully, I'll have a few that actually did. So,
0: yeah, I'm sure. I think it's really cool how they're going to get to try different things, and who knows what kind of what kind of great things will come out of this. So. Yeah. Uh, all right, Daman, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap up from a, a place of hope. I I'm wondering if you have if you can share an interaction or a story or something that you've um, that's happened with you recently that has helped you feel some strength some hope
1: yeah so uh, a recent interaction that i would say that has given me strength is i wouldn't say it's necessarily a direct interaction but it was um over a zoom call so uh, last week there was a webinar held by the nomad association which is a national organization of minority athletic directors and that's been a great way to connect with men and women ad's from across the country and talk about you know the issues that we're facing in athletics revolving around COVID-19 um, and just how that's, you know, how different schools are dealing with our programming and dealing with um, that issues that, those issues at their school. And I've been able to connect individually with some of the committee members, um, and they've been able to provide me with great resources, uh, you know, as a young athletic administrator and things that I can do to learn and grow in the field. So I definitely gained strength from this past webinar and being able to connect with of those ADs was definitely, um, a positive experience for me.
0: Is this, um, COVID and the fact that we're on Zoom all the time, is this helping you engage and get to know people from throughout the country more than you would have otherwise?
1: Absolutely. Um, I've been able to have access to way more people than I probably normally would, um, just because, you know, not, not as many people were, you know, as willing to get on a Zoom call with somebody they didn't know maybe six or seven months ago. So, you know, having access to uh, you know an AD in Minneapolis or an AD in Miami, you know, kind of like right away, it's been definitely something that you know I've taken advantage of, and you know, been trying to find ways to help help our program here at U Prep by learning from some of those other ADs in different schools across the country.
0: Yeah. Well, Damon, I want to thank you. I know you're. everybody's really busy, and it's crazy for you leaders in sport right now. So thank you for carving out some time to chat with us today and, and giving us a few hopeful and um, just fun things to think about as we enter into this new school year.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Thank you.